Disclaimer. The ideas and views discussed on the show should be considered opinion and not individual medical advice. Though Dr. Tim is board certified and licensed, every human is different, and without individual assessment, concepts and ideas cannot be directly applied with the guarantee of success. Please consult your personal physician or fitness coach before making any changes. Thank you. Welcome back, y'all. This is Jasmine. And this is Dr. Tim. And Atlas, evidently. Um, <laughs> he's decided to aru. Go away. Uh, <laughs> you need to explain who that is or it won't make sense. Atlas is my pit. He is a blue-nosed pit that is both the love of my life and the bane of my existence. He is not a guard dog. He is a wuss. <laughs> so, anywho. Fair enough. <laughs> He is the most scary sounding but scaredy cat dog ever in life. Which is totally not the point of today's episode, but <laughs> that's how we're starting it. Uh, but today we are doing a retake. I know we've mentioned it maybe twice now that there was an episode that we recorded that never made it to the light of day because there was some weird voodoo, hoodoo, whatever going on. So... Today we're going to do it again and hopefully, uh, knocking on wood, it's going to turn out fine, but it's uh, hit training versus heavy lifting. Um, take it away. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think we kind of broke this into broader categories at some point in that episode. Um, there are a lot of good points there. We'll see if we get to all of them again. Um um, it's it's sort of the old uh, you know cardio versus uh, strength training debate, and of course the obvious answer is that you you need both um, to some degree to be fit and to be healthy. I, I I've seen. What are you doing? What I just moved a paper out of my what what I was trying not to be distracting. Anyways, I mean I've seen people who can move massive amounts of weight one time uh but could couldn't walk up a flight of stairs that's kind of your classic stereotype uh power lifter um i've also seen people who you know can run an ultra marathon um and probably should be doing some strength training um on the side of that but that just aren't very strong and i think the again it just for health and longevity str- Strength training and cardio or strength and conditioning. They're, they're usually said together, strength and conditioning, for that reason. But if you think of a, a – my favorite example is of a, a functional, useful human being. You say if you had to move from house to house and you had three friends, who would you ask to help? I would just pay somebody to move me. I refuse to do it ever again. <laughs> But yeah, you would want somebody who who can lift many things and. Okay, well, we'll we'll say there are three moving companies. Uh, There's one that's exclusively made up of (laughs) marathon runners. They're going to be able to go up and down your stairs all day, but they're probably not carrying your couch. You've got your the other end of the spectrum. You've got somebody who can you know just 
move that piano that you didn't know how to get rid of. Um, but then they're going home because they're done. And then you... Wow, I'm fancy. I have a piano now. And then you have someone in the middle uh, who can, you know, lift a decent, moderate to heavy amount of weight and can do it over a period of time. I mean, that would be the, the, the literally strength endurance and kind of finding a way to put those together is is the biggest thing mm-hmm. that, again, exercise is very individual to the person. Best workout is the workout you're going to do. If you absolutely hate cardio, you have to find a type of cardio that you like. Uh, if you absolutely... No, we've, we've established Jasmine does not like running. I've seen Jasmine run. Jasmine doesn't run. Jasmine will do it if if she has to, but Jasmine does not like running. Jasmine does like referring to herself in the third person, however. Jasmine might be a slightly bit, bit tired, so <laughs> no judgment in this quarter, okay? But yeah, no, I know that you have forced me to incorporate <laughs> cardio into my, in my uh, daily workouts. But also, like, if you are working in a warehouse, like, I've done warehouse work, um, I think Anybody that listens to this for a a long period of time is going to figure out that I've done a lot of weird things (laughs) in my life. But uh, yeah, if you're working in a warehouse, um, whether it's for food, uh, food, you're packing all that or um, just hardware, having that those two combinations is going to basically help you not feel like the world is ending when you get off your shift. Absolutely. And that's I think we talked a little bit about how you recover, uh, the last episode was kind of all about recovery, but how you recover from adding more stress to your life or your daily routine or your workout program. So obviously incorporating strength and I'm doing air quotes, cardio um, is going to kind of double down on the strain you're putting on your body temporarily, but it also kind of, it ups your resilience in, in more than one way. Um, and, and for somebody who's looking to change body composition, that's kind of always something we come back to. I mean, some people are just training to be stronger. Some people are training for a sport. Some people are training to be healthier and or change their body. Uh, incorporating both is sort of the the magic pill. It is the best method to, to combine both ways. And then there's a there's hundred ways to do that. I think a lot of times... It de- it does depend on the person. And w- what I just said a few minutes ago was uh, training for a sport. I think that's really what training training for a sport. And I think that's really can be expanded a little bit. Um, not just like I'm playing baseball, but like I am someone is a runner. Jasmine's not a runner. Um, this person is a weightlifter. This person is a boxer or, or something like that. And, and you pick probably the, um, the right type of strength training and uh, cardiovascular endurance conditioning, whatever you want to call it, um, that will best support what you want to do. And that includes job demands. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of categories of... Um of cardio workout stuff i know there's cardio boxing but i even on that front there's uh, a lot of cardio in boxing itself so if you just plain just want to box i'd highly recommend that if something good there's also you know rowing that's 
not running, which is usually my go-to choice sometimes. And <laughs> that does help you get your heart rate up and pushes your or your full body. There's, uh, I feel like uh, there's Zumba classes. There's just plain dance classes that are just all over the place. I was going to say yoga, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a little more slowed down than what we need. <laughs> there are types of yoga that are a little more intense, um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily look at it as cardio. Uh, some of the harder forms of yoga, I would I would probably say they're more strength training than they are cardio. There's a lot of isometrics, long holds, lots of positions you have to put yourself in, and it can be it can be taxing on on your muscles for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just my bias. Not everybody shout out CrossFit. They they go out of their way to combine strength and conditioning. They do it. They call it constantly varied. It looks from the outside very much like it's random. Um, if you can't see the the bigger picture of what they program, and most of us can't, the workouts just kind of drop and we do what they tell us to, <laughs> to some degree. Um, Good little soldiers. But, but today we're going to do five sets of five heavy barbell back squat. Tomorrow we're going to do... 30 seconds maximum pull-ups followed by, uh, you know, dumbbell squat thrusters. I mean, there's really any endless combinations of some of the workouts are long and you have to pace yourself a little bit more. I was going to say, this already sounds really bad. (laughs) Some of them are short and they're meant to be fast and intense. Uh, And it's really, it's the sweet spot in that, you know, if, if something is very heavy, you're probably not, you're not going to be able to do it for as long or as fast. And if something's lighter and you can kind of dissect the workout in that way, if they're having you do deadlifts with 185 pounds for five minutes, you're going to have to move at a slower pace. For example, if they're 65 pounds, you're going to go a lot faster and you're going to get more reps. And that's sort of the kind of the the main point of breaking these two things down you can turn strength training into cardio if you do it light enough for a long duration or at a high enough intensity um, you can also turn cardio into strength training to some degree with uh, something like hit high intensity interval training um, it's mostly usually small weights, uh, or a lot of times it's purely body weight movements. But, you know, if you, if you're squatting on some bodies move a lot of that are a lot heavier than others, let's do (laughs) that. Sometimes that's a lot and you should definitely be proud if you're still doing movements, you know, certain movements at, you know, at a certain weight, if that's your goal is to like drop weight or increase mobility. So. Absolutely. Like I knew a guy, came into the gym, he was around 250 pounds and he could do pull-ups. I mean, he couldn't do a ton of them, but he, he's doing pull-ups. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. He Especially cardio, you know, 20, 30 pounds lighter. He's doing a lot more pull-ups. I mean, that's, just you know, physical. I know we've kind of like, uh, kind of glazed over the fact that I was 
getting ready for a certain fitness test. And mm. it was just really funny to me that like, we have been boxing together for like a couple of years. And the fact that like one of the movements was push-ups and it didn't, it did not. And it made no damn sense to me. I'm what like, I can ever. knock somebody out. I, I can guarantee you I can, but I can't do a goddamn push-up. That's fucked up. <laughs> anyway, probably back off. Well, and I mean, that's, that's a great example of why, you know, being a little more varied in what you do in your exercise is probably the best way to go. I mean, most people that don't have a lot of background or a lot of study in anatomy, physiology, all, all that stuff, how the body moves, they think that if you can punch hard, you should be able to bench press a lot to put and I've known a guys who are like, a lot of guys who are like, well, I he bench presses a ton of weight. He should be able to punch hard, like fairly hard. But that is much more of a technique yeah. issue than anything else. If you have strong triceps, strong pecs, strong shoulders, yeah, you should be able to throw a decent punch. But if you know, and then I think this is the the re, basically the reverse of the example you were talking about is that you know how to translate force from your legs to your arms you know how to torque your body use rotation to develop a lot of force with a punch that doesn't necessarily take as much strength and that is why the push-ups weren't there also because you you rarely get better at something by not doing it and push-ups just weren't something that were in the rotation so no no they weren't and plus, we, we were all about the you're ugly method. It's fine. <laughs> so to Time out. No, you have to, <laughs> you have to, as an aside, because people are going to think that's my method. It's not. So especially like in the beginning, I would tell Tim, like when, like, he'd be like, you need to be able to punch back or move or whatever and i said no i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna turn around and say you're ugly and run <laughs> just see what happens from there because that's it's a stunning mood if you're not like expecting it i'm pretty sure it's that i'm just gonna punch you if that doesn't work i'm just gonna say you're ugly and run away for that i will run in that instance because it's for my life at that point but <laughs> But yeah, that's how uh, we have ultimately started the your ugly method. <laughs> well, and, and and that's kind of it's another example that fits. I mean, yes, Jasmine punches very hard. Uh, Jasmine's plan appeared to be to punch very hard for a very short period of time and hope the person in front of her fell down. Um, so I'm hoping we were... if I ever really get into a bar fight, not a ring fight, I'm pretty sure I'll do okay. I'm never going to say I'm going to win, but I'm going to say I'll do okay in a ring fight. But if I ever got in a bar fight, I'm just going to hope the other person has no sort of training and that when I hit them, they'll go down. And if they don't, all all's lost. To be fair, I'm probably going to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I was all in my head. <laughs> it was all of a mistake. And so we worked on some endurance some cardio conditioning so that Jasmine could punch hard for longer than a minute. 
as a ring fight tends to last longer than a minute. Um, but it's a, it's a, I mean, boxing is a perfect example of, of training for a sport and what do you need to do? I mean, yes, boxing in and of itself, sparring, hitting pads, things like that. They are cardio, but it tends to be sort of a, depending on your style, but it's more of a, a an anaerobic cardio that's that's more of a a sprint so you're you're punching fast and hard you're taking a break moving around you're 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 exploding you're resting you're exploding you're resting and so having a base of aerobic cardio which is why a lot of boxers run or row or bike or do something like that just helps your overall endurance and in addition to that strength training being able to generate more force with your muscles will help you punch harder as long as you're already punching correctly. All the bench presses in the world are not going to make you a knockout puncher if you don't know how to do it right. I will clarify something. I always say just boxing. It is kickboxing. If I actually went against a boxer, I'd get my ass handed to me. (laughs) Well, no, you just kick him. (laughs) That's not, you can't do that. Yes, kickboxing Muay Thai. Jasmine's all about kicks and knees and elbows. Um, to be fair, and, and obviously nobody's going to know this, I am short. So I have to be able to use something to my advantage. You are short. That's true. Mm. Mm. Anywho, back on topic, though. Um, yeah, to, to I usually do, uh, for my training, I usually do add a lot of heavy lifting movements versus like uh cardio like i've been told multiple times to add more cardio into it because we'll do practice rounds and i'll make it maybe out a good set a uh, good like training day i might be able to make it three to four <laughs> three maybe maybe four four is a little bit pushing it but <laughs> it depends on how recently you've had pneumonia as well right? that too <laughs> But heavy lifting always is super fun too. Um, yeah. Just being able to pick up like nine and ninety pound dumbbells and do—I can't do chest press with them, but I, uh, you know, weight uh, RDLs, um, squats, uh, all that stuff. There, it's it's thrilling, and it's also helpful when I have to pry my. He weighed himself today, seventy pound kid, <laughs> off whatever he's latched onto so it helps in the long run in that way for anybody that's wondering i think it was uh dan john he's a famous strength coach he said stronger people are harder to kill and they're generally more useful so Mm. that kind of goes back to our moving analogy but i think the idea of training to what the person likes and is willing to do if you're doing a workout you don't enjoy it's not going to last unless someone's paying you a lot of money to do it. Um, I wish. Right? It'd be really nice. <laughs> but but in general, a lot of what, again, staying on the example of sport athletes, your strength and conditioning is is more secondary to your, your technique training. Um, I've worked with um, a lot of, strength athletes who could just use some cardio just for their health honestly so you're not you don't die when you go up a flight of stairs 
um, you'll you'll be able to put in longer strength sessions. Uh, your heart's in better shape. That kind of thing. It's just it's not in that sport specifically. It's less. I guess I'll say necessary for that sport, but it's more necessary for life. If your blood is starting to look like syrup, like you need to, you know, go for a walk around the block. You need to not get heart disease because all you do is lift heavy things and you never get your heart rate up. Your if your blood's like syrup, isn't that just you need to drink water? Sorry, my 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 inner blonde just really like reared her ugly head. What? <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck. It's I'm speaking metaphorically, but if you, yeah, you need to just for health benefits, you need to do some cardio, just to live longer and not have a heart attack. And that's a lot of sports, especially extreme end sports. Like, uh, I mean, I'll pick on powerlifting. You do three things, and when you go to a competition, you do them roughly one time. I I know they're gonna. That's not exact, but but you're looking to move the weight one time as heavy as possible in three different lifts. That's your your squat, your deadlift, and your bench press, and all of your training is centered around that. But that does not necessarily it makes you an extremely strong human being. It does not make you a healthy human being. Hmm. Also, with um, I know I'm I keep switching us back and forth between heavy and cardio, but like I would one thing that. I always want to point out is that, and I know at some point I kind of made it my personality that I have asthma. It's extremely bad. It's not fun, but with cardio, the increased cardio, um, the more you practice at it and you move at it and you do it, you're, uh, it helps with that. It takes a lot more. It's, um, not resistance, but you have a higher threshold for how long you can go without needing it. We uh, There's been plenty of times that I've gotten to the point of I can go through a session, just make sure I puff 30 minutes before, but and then I won't need, to re- need it for the whole session. There's also been, <laughs> been certain training times that I'll need it every five minutes just because I've gotten sick recently and it happens. But uh, it's if you want to go further without needing it, those are the types of things that I highly recommend. Definitely. As much as I hate running, running is definitely one of them. Well, and I think referring to cardio, I mean, cardio as a name just kind of has a bad rap. It, it has a connotation that people don't take. Um, conditioning, I think to, to what you just said, conditioning is a better example. You are literally conditioning your body to be able to do something over a longer period of time. And again, I'll, I'll pick, I mean, the, the example of the, usually a guy who goes and only lifts weights and never does any cardio and guy who looks impressive. And then, you know, go back to your early example, gets in a bar fight and is on the ground wheezing within 30 seconds because he has absolutely no cardio. Adrenaline's going to kick in on some level. That's another way you're, you're, you're not a, you're not a healthy human being. Um, don't get in bar fights, people. To be fair, I always said I would punch at a bar fight because if I had to put, kick over a stool, we would have more problems. <laughs> you put a lot of thought into this bar fight scenario. <laughs> I really did. I really do. I am an overthinker. I'm so sorry, y'all. But 
I think I've, I've picked on the strength crowd long enough because again, the, the answer is always going to lie somewhere in the middle. I've treated a lot of runners who treating an injured runner for as a physical therapist or as a coach um, is one of the hardest things to do because all they want to do is run. They don't want to stop. They want to keep going. And a lot of them, not all of them, just want to do their conditioning, which is their running. That's their sport. That's their exercise. They do not like lifting weights. Again, it's a generalization. Don't don't call me and say you do. That's fine. You could. I don't know where you found the number, but you could. Yeah, don't do that. Um, you can email. Yeah, go right ahead with that. There's an email at the end of this episode. You can email him. I'll make sure he gets it. Thanks for that. Um, but but again, runners who well, people want to run 30, 40, 50 miles, but the the thought of picking up a weight and, and doing some squats just doesn't make sense to them. And I think that that's where you have to consider the amount of your body will adapt to anything, but the amount of you're, you're smashing your body into the ground over and over running is doing you are jumping in the air landing on one foot absorbing the impact pushing off going to the next step you are doing a series of one-legged jump squats and the amount of runners i've had come in who could do a one-legged not jumping squat well is almost none and i would just i would tell them that if you would do just the, these few strength movements you would not only be 10 times less likely to get injured you would be a better runner you would be able to generate more force and that's i actually did uh a series of instagram posts it was a long time ago but kind of how strength is the the base attribute of everything else um i stole it from joe defranco in in concept but that if I want to run, you know, a thousand steps and that the, the weight of my body on a running step is 50% of my one rep max. For those who don't know what a one rep max is, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the amount of weight you can move the most amount for one repetition. And this gets a little deep in the weeds, but I think it it really helps people understand. I've had, I have to explain it to people sometimes when, that really need some convincing to do some, some strength training. But if with every step I take, I'm working at about 50% of my strength capacity, I can only do that for so long. If mm -hmm. I go ahead and I do some barbell squats, I do some even body weight, one-legged things, I get my, my legs stronger now, every step I take, I'm operating at 30% of my one rep max. So I'm not taxing my body, my muscles as much. My endurance lasts longer. I can push off harder. I can move faster because I'm moving a little further and faster with each stride. And a little bit of strength training as a foundation makes you a better runner. And it's not I've, the person that watches every move you make. No. Sorry, I heard it every time you said it. I'm sorry. He's glaring at me, y'all. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, you're like every step I take. I'm like every move you make. 
Is that why you're dancing over there? Are you singing yeah. the police in your head? You know, I haven't had coffee today or or tea. I don't know what's going on, but we're jamming with it. <laughs> but yes. I'm remembering from the the previous episode, we, I mean, we didn't necessarily go off a of format, but it was it was a long episode that there were chunks of it missing. And I think a big part of it was you had asked um, somebody who's just starting weight training and or cardio, like what's a good entry point? And I think that's where a lot of again, it, got, it gets a little deep in the weeds with concepts and, and ways to track that. But I think that was where I really felt we did a lot of good work uh in the original episode so i mean as far as entering to cardio if if we're we're going to start at the very baseline like if you have done absolutely nothing start with walking walking whether you walk around the block whether you walk on a treadmill or you you can ride a bike use a rower those kind of things but uh equipment and gym fees aside anybody should be able to go for a walk and are really just on the treadmill, you can gauge your speed, you can change your incline, there's variables you can manipulate to increase the difficulty of the exercise. But just start there and give it a day or two, see how your body reacts. Again, the last episode on recovery is a good kind of second piece to this. If you're if you're adding something new, make sure that your your recovery is in line because you are going to be taxing your body. It's just, um, just if you if you have like um like I I've rebooted I swear but it's <laughs> if you have like a gym that nearby that you are interested those are always like a really really good start. Um most um most gyms that have like private private rooms um I know like Planet Fitness offers it but it's like i don't think they necessarily have a class so you're not doing it by yourself but they're usually like um, we mentioned for a zumba class or some sort of movement class uh, that you can start out because sometimes uh, even starting on weight training or even getting into heavy lifting it's a lot better when you have somebody there or a group of people there with you and there's a lot of classes like that there's body pump there's a lot of um a lot of the brand names are failing me right now but you don't do... you don't you re- usually sit on uh 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 orange theory i've uh, never been there well orange theory is a good uh it's a good yeah it's an interval training they they specifically they have a proprietary uh heart rate monitor that they they put everybody's numbers up on a screen and they want to keep you in the the quote unquote orange zone which is same a with kickboxing mm-hmm. kickboxing classes will do that they'll have a heart monitor uh, chest chest heart monitor that you can use um and they usually do it more of like you know who's on the leaderboard for the class mm-hmm. um my zone is another that a lot of gyms use that that's similar to that um and again your the the in, percentage of your maximum heart rate and they're they're quantified by colored zones and i want to say it's like a a blue green yellow red orange kind of deal 
or orange red. Red is going to be maximum. They don't typically Always. want people redlining, but they do want you spending a certain amount of the time in the orange zone, which is high but submaximal, and and what that threshold and they they explain it. I think Orange Theory does a really good job of somebody who just doesn't have any history exercising to really get to an intensity because if you're not fit or you're at a lower level of fit, you're not going to have to push yourself as hard to get to that orange zone, but you know, you're there and you won't be trying to necessarily do what everyone else is doing. You're just paying attention to what your body and your heart rate is doing and working out at your relative orange, which I think is nice. I was just thinking about um, when I first when I first joined one of those fitness classes, and I I've had a chest strap. I don't use them now because whatever. But um, I was remembering how, um, and we'll again we'll get to pre workouts and all that. But I'm a pre workout girl. I always take some sort of pre workout or some sort of upper before those types of classes. And me just resting, standing there, I got up to like the orange just because I was just so like up in the wings <laughs> that explains a lot it really does but like yeah i was sitting there waiting for the class to start i was already creeping into orange up into the red like when we started it was kind of funny probably not healthy but very it doesn't funny sound great for your heart i'm not gonna lie again i'm in the state of washington i have a caffeine addiction we'll never give it up we're moving on <laughs> standing there in the red zone that's not probably good i wasn't in the red i was at least in the orange but i was, uh, again, I was pretty close i think they they do a pretty good job um i did orange theory for a long time not the only thing i was doing but again it's a it's a group fitness class. It's, it has a fun atmosphere. It's very, uh, they have coaches. They are, you know, I'm probably going to piss someone off. They are more like cheerleaders there. Um, they just, they set the mood, they keep the energy high. It's like a, you know, literally all the lights are orange in the place. It's kind of like being in the club. They pump the music up and they, they, they get you motivated to, do the workout because it is an intense workout. Um, but they're not necessarily, at least the ones I've seen, doing a lot of coaching, which is hard to do in a big class. What they do do well is they mix up strength training and cardio. So typically in a 60-minute in a class, you're going to spend some of it on a treadmill. You're going to spend some of it on a rower. And you're going to spend some of it over doing strength training movements. And that's I mean, they have a, a TRX, a suspension trainer. Uh, they have some pretty heavy dumbbells you can you can work with, and they do um, they mix it up. They'll have a, a strength day, which is going to be lower repetitions, heavier weights. Even on the treadmill, that's probably a lower pace and a higher incline. I mean, they definitely put some thought into their programming uh, on a on a cardio day. You're going to be doing longer intervals at kind of a medium pace treadmill and rower uh, body weight. You're going to be doing uh, in the strength area. You'll be doing some body weight stuff. You may still be using weights, but they're lighter. 
higher repetitions. And then they'll also have uh, a power day, which is more sprinting. Uh, it's very intense, fast with, with longer breaks. And out on, out on the floor, you're doing more plyometric movements. That's things like jumping or thrusters or things where you can move fast. Uh, you generate a lot of force and speed, and then you rest a little longer. And I think as, a, as it encapsulates all the areas you should be exercising, and they do do a good job of that. I, I eventually got tired of it because this is what I do for a living, and I was like, I, I can program this. But, I mean, a lot of the, the appeal of group exercises, you go in and you don't have to. That's, again, why I, why I kind of fell into CrossFit is I don't like programming for myself. I want somebody to tell me what to do that, that I think knows what they're doing. Um, I've always been more of I need to be with somebody because – if nobody's there, I'm not going to do it. And I think you can attest this. You, there was a point where I literally had to make me a fitness, like a uh, schedule, what I was supposed to do every day. I proceeded not to do that <laughs> because I'm like half of these, I know I should do, but I don't want to do <laughs> it's it, And now, now I've been able to pull a lot of what I like of certain exercises into something but that's also why I've always been like if you're not by yourself and you're suffering with somebody and who's who's also cheering you on you're gonna do it more if I am if I'm running and Tim's there like come on keep pace come on let's go I'll probably gonna <laughs> probably gonna stay on pace for at least a minute <laughs> eventually something's gonna give and i'm not gonna do it but i digress um other than that i also say with lifting also having a partner is a big deal and i not because you have to i mean there's plenty of people i've seen or know that will go to the gym and do heavy lifting by themselves but if you're gonna do a lot of certain like a lot of extremely heavy movements that require you to have really good form having somebody there to help keep you in a correct form is also a big factor. Oh, I'm just hitting my mic all day today. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that if I was going to do like a lot more, like if I was going to do more heavier lifting, like going into the hundreds, the two hundreds, I would need somebody there. <laughs> because I know I've done it before where I've thrown my back out trying to do like a squat and it did not feel very good at all. I mean, having a second set of eyes, whether that's a training partner, whether that's a coach, um, group fitness to some degree, uh, different gyms, different types of group exercise, pay more attention to your form than others. I will say, yeah, I, I think, and I worked out alone. I, I, I lifted alone for a long time. And, and, and there's kind of a nice solitude to it. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely. But I think having somebody to check your form or keep you motivated, I think that's... that's I would think just for, for starting, that would be a big... That would be a big factor is to go with somebody if you're just starting out and it's something that you want to pursue. Especially once you become seasoned it's obviously it's like second nature but when you're starting though 
please be safe. We don't want to send you out there just to get hurt. Well, and that's also, I did want to, as a, as a small aside on, on group exercise, um, you go into a group exercise class, being a personal trainer or being a group fitness instructor is frankly not a hard job to get and it's not a hard certification to get. So you kind of, you never really know what you're walking into with who is in charge of the class. And so trusting your safety to them, I will say if you are a brand new exerciser, err on the side of caution. And by that, I mean, if they're doing something in the class that you're not sure about or you have never done in your life, A, ask or B, don't do it. If, if everyone in the class is jumping up in the air and spinning 180 degrees and landing and you have never jumped or you haven't jumped since you were a child, you know, yeah, you want to get in on the fun and those you know, bungee do classes really do look fun though. I've never done one, but just say. I'm not talking about bungee. <laughs> I mean, what? I'm sorry. That's what my brain went to. But yes, be cautious and be aware of your own limits. And that if you've never exercised, it is hard to know your limits. And it is definitely you. It's good to push yourself um, once you know what you're capable of and kind of where those limits are. That said, there are uh instructors or coaches out there who are more like cheerleaders and they will are very good at hyping people up and getting them to push yourself and feel the burn and is going are going to walk somebody that they don't know right into an injury because they asked them to do something that required them to do more than um be excited um, something that they were not physically ready to do. That said, ask. It's a little hard if it's a giant class, but if there, if there's a movement that you're not thinking your body's going to agree with, wait. Ask later, maybe. Maybe try it next time, but that kind of thing. Take it slow. Even though, like, cardio and high intensity usually is, like, fast and light mu movements, take it slow. <laughs> and I, I will say a lot of people, especially who haven't exercised a lot, that kind of thing, <clears throat> do not have a, there's not really a super nice way to say it, but having worked with thousands of people, they, they don't have body awareness. People that are not good movers do not know that they are not good movers. People who squat in their knees, cave in, all these kind of things that you know, movement, movements that can be corrected and strengthened, but people don't know what they don't know until they jump up in the air, land and blow a knee out kind of thing. And I'm definitely, I'm the last person to try to scare somebody off of exercising. I just say, if you're not a fast moving person, don't try to be a fast moving person on day one. To be fair, I've <laughs> obviously, like I said, I can, I will run at the speed of light with when I have a pre-workout and I've hurt myself doing these fun movements before there. And I'm, I'm not, 
I hate to, I'm not that old. I'm just, I'm in my thirties, but I've popped my hip out. It's it's not. It, it, yeah, it, it wasn't fun. <laughs> but like, I mean, as a millennial, my I creak. <laughs> my knees protest. But yeah, take take it slow. Even just or just be. Uh, um, I think I said it before in a disclaimer, but listen to your body you're the only one that can hear it and it's you're the only one that can truly like hear when you're hurt (laughs) all the all things said like we can say all these fun things about you know go punch somebody when i mean somebody i mean a bag um (laughs) go uh running but (laughs) if your body protests against that don't (laughs) i mean my body protests against that. Or, I don't. Or get or get evaluated by a professional, whether that's a strength coach or whether that's a physical therapist or somebody, especially if you're having pain with exercise. Don't necessarily, you know, I, I've again I've worked with lots of people and I know dozens of other physical therapists too who have people say, well, I squatted once and and I hurt my knee. So squats just aren't for me. And you can make a very small adjustment to how somebody's doing something and they will be completely fine. But again, most people don't necessarily know that because that's not their job to know that. And, And investing in a few sessions with a qualified professional, uh, can really change your knowledge and your confidence in how you move your body and can really let you move in the right direction and not be apprehensive about exercises that you might have had pain with. Hmm. Or I can maybe, maybe I should do a fitness class. Maybe that's what's more missing in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> so segueing. <laughs> you want to lead a fitness class? I, I didn't want to point this out. Jazz, but you didn't even spell your own name right today on the podcast. Okay, excuse me. That was not for everybody's... Why are you putting my business out there? <laughs> She's probably going to edit this out anyway, so... I might just leave it in. <laughs> to be fair, this is not the first time I've spelled my own name wrong. <laughs> Within the mm-hmm. last 10 years. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Um, it's not my fault that I only uh, have more than three letters in my name. Can't help that. Um, but I think a good place to to move into as we're talking about, you know, being safe and moving well, preventing injuries or reducing the risk of injuries. At least they don't they don't like the word prevention anymore. Uh, but uh, it was was really one of the good points we hit on the last time we recorded this episode was how what is my entry point to strength training? Um, And it's definitely finding a don't, you know, work all your body. Don't be someone who just does upper body or just does lower body. We don't Um, skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. Every day should have some legs. Every day is leg day. Pretty much. It is. is. And, And I mean, if you are a bodybuilder, then working on a, a muscle to muscle style is one thing today. I'm going to work biceps or triceps or quads or hamstrings or calves. But if you're just somebody who's looking to get into fitness, think more of movements. Um, more like, I mean, there's, there's 
a handful of basic movements that should be in a workout. We should be pushing or pulling, uh, whether that's pushing forward or pushing overhead, whether that's pulling horizontally or vertically. You should be doing some kind of lunging, some kind of squatting, some kind of hinging, which is your deadlift typically, or your kettlebell swing, um, and, and some kind of carrying, whether that's walking with a band, whether that's doing a heavy kettlebell carry, that kind of thing. That can be a little more on the cardio side. But training movements rather than training muscles tends to be, and the word's kind of gotten bastardized over the years, but it tends to be more functional and more useful than, than doing bicep curls. Bicep curls have their place. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, but training your body to move rather than just use one muscle at a time tends to be uh, a little more useful. And it takes up a lot less time because there are a lot fewer movements than there are muscles in the body. I think uh, one thing that we could say for both sides, whether you're doing cardio, high intensive or heavy lifting, stretch that should be one of the things that are you're always doing a stretch stretch your arms out stretch your legs out stretch your back out stretch because that's going to make everything easier maybe not looser air quote but just stretch because it's going to make things better or at least your shoulders aren't going to be as tight when you go to relax for a hot second <laughs> i think that was also part of our rest and recovery <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you there, but <gasps> I think we need to do a whole podcast about Oh, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely hit that, the, but you definitely need is... to stretch whatever, you, whatever you're doing, or at least eh. pop it out. <laughs> you need to, you need to warm mm -hmm. it up. Yeah, we should, we should put that on the short list. I'd like to get to that one. That's a, that's a good soapbox. Um, <laughs> But as far as the entry point to strength training, this does, it is going to get a little technical here. Um, but I think this is really useful for people that don't have a background or a coach. Um, really? So there's two ways to really rate what you're doing um, for a set of an exercise, I would say. So we're going to use bench press as an example it's not my favorite movement but it seems to be everyone else's favorite movement so we have a, we have a dog invading our show at the moment i'm trying to <laughs> act like it's not happening but it's happening um, so let's say we'll go with bench press get your barbells or your dumbbells get either get help or have a decent idea of what the movement should look like and you're going to do a set of so rude today oh my god i, I can't do this <laughs> i've been totally derailed once more Well, it wasn't my fault. He's never been this 
disruptive. Y'all, I probably will edit this out, but he's been in this room every single time we've recorded, and he's never been this disruptive. Okay. Anyways. Back on schedule. We are going to do a set of, we'll assume we are just strength training, probably a set of 8 to 12 repetitions of our bench press movement. And what we're going to do is, A, if we don't get to eight reps before failure, which means you can't get the weight up anymore, uh, you went too heavy. If you get to 12 and then you're at the high, you're probably at the high end of the reps, un- unless you're for some reason doing tons and tons of reps, that gets more in detail about your, your training style. Always um, a 15. It's either a 10 or a 15 for me, personally. So Jasmine's training 10 to 15. She's more in the muscular endurance category. Again, if you're training uh, strength, you're probably in the three to five repetitions category, maybe up to eight. Uh, Muscle hypertrophy, trying to actually just grow a muscle bigger versus strength training, which is slightly different. One is to be able to move more weight. One is to actually make a muscle bigger. There's a lot of gray area in there, but it's a slightly higher repetition in the up to 12. And then if you get above 12 up towards 20, then you're training muscular endurance. Um, You can find charts of this anywhere on the internet. If you look up rep rep ranges, repetition ranges for strength versus power versus uh, muscle growth versus endurance, it's all out there. You don't have to hang on what I just said. There's plenty of easy charts and flashcards out there on it. Um, But presuming we're doing that, we've knocked out that many reps, we're going to rate that set on what we call the RPE or the rate of perceived exertion, which is a 0 to 10 scale in which you are going to rate to yourself how difficult was that set, 10 being that was extremely hard it doesn't go above 10 so if it's a 10 you probably failed your last rep or you were about to if it's a zero then you clearly went too light on the weights and being able to i just like leaving notes Mm -hmm. i i feel like you get pretty entertained by my notes of how i feel about whatever i did (laughs) notes about how she feels during her workouts are very very entertaining this one sucked didn't like it <laughs> don't Felt like this tired. why did i do this to myself this was it, accidentally to failure <laughs> hated it did it anyway <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but working off rate of perceived exertion to get stronger you want that to be in the seven to eight range on that zero to 10 scale. So it needs to be pretty high up there difficulty wise, uh, which theoretically they've done, they've done pretty good crossover studies to say that it correlates well to 70 to 80% of your, your maximum weight that you can lift for that many reps. So you have a one repetition max, like we talked about before you have a five and a 10 and a 15 rep max, you want to be operating and pushing yourself at 70 to 80% of whatever that is to make your body actually make your muscles stronger, presuming your recovery and your nutrition are also 
somewhat dialed in. Um, and so if you don't, if you don't rate that a seven to an eight, then you need to possibly take the reps up a little more or probably take the weight up a little more. You don't have to take huge jumps. Um, it's kind of a, and also you're tracking this. So when you go back to your next workout, you're not doing this process from scratch over again. You know where you ended up in that last workout. So you can jump off there and save yourself some time. The, the other scale that's shown to be very similar to this is called RIR reps in reserve, which would be, it's sort of the same concept in reverse. If I'm doing my 12 repetitions of bench press and I stop and I say to myself, and if you're a newer lifter, you can, I mean, you can always use either of these. If you're a newer lifter, it's a little hard because you don't necessarily know your body that well or how it responds to weight training. But I'm going to say, I think that was a pretty medium set. Like I could have done five more. So my reps in reserve is a five. Again, that's a scale that should hopefully be somewhere between zero to 10. Those two scales are the opposite of each other. And five is not a great example because five turns out to be five. But if I said I have five reps left in the tank, then I rated my perceived exertion as a five. If I said I have two reps left in the tank, I could have maybe done two more repetitions, then I'm rating that, I flip it, I'm rating that as an eight exertion, which is where I want to be. So if you think about it that way, the easiest way is you want to be two to three repetitions shy of failure. That's sort of actually the minimum for muscle growth. You can go closer to failure. It's going to depend on a lot what the lift is. If you have someone there, what sort of equipment you're using. Don't go to failure on heavy weights, on squats and bench presses if you don't have the proper safety equipment. Um, or learn to bail. Or learn to bail. Definitely learn to bail. And always learn, uh, practice bailing to make, keep yourself fresh with the, you know, just the bar, just, or just with the lightest you can go. Always practice. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that's, that's a good jumping off point for people. Again, if the information is out there, if you want to Google a starter program, there's a really good one called Starting Strength. It's there's there's a lot of programs that do five by five. You're going to pick a handful of lifts. You're going to do five sets of five. And as long as you've got, I mean, those programs are proven. They work. You can get fancier. I would not suggest going out and picking out muscle and fitness and get doing, um, the workout of some Hollywood actor or some professional bodybuilder, because A, those workouts are stupid long and complicated. They're probably way more than you need to get started. Most of those people are on steroids. Name all of the reasons above. Start simple. And really, as long as you can use one of those scales to dial your your difficulty in that 7 to 8 or 70 to 80% range, you will get stronger. You will see gains muscle growth. Unless you're a YouTuber. If you're a YouTuber, definitely do those. They're very fun to watch. <laughs> what? Have you not seen people do the rocks workout 
or the rocks meal plan throughout the day. It's very fun. <laughs> I, as much as I love the rock, does anyone like everybody knows the rocks on steroids? Like, I mean, come on. Oh, ooh, those are strong accusations. <laughs> Accusation, you just gotta have eyes. And I, I love the rock. He's not a professional competitive athlete, so do your thing, man. You're not hurting anybody. You're not cheating anybody. What what I'll say is outside of competition, uh, whether that's professional sports or re really anything where you're competing directly against other people where there's something on the line, like if somebody just wants to take steroids for themselves, I say, go ahead, do you, do it right, do it safe, don't screw up your hormone levels, all of that, but don't lie about it. I know people that are doing small regional CrossFit competitions that are on steroids and they're cheating other people. There's a lot of these Hollywood actors that are definitely doing steroids for movie roles. And the problem with that is that people think what they're doing is naturally attainable. And it gives an unrealistic expectation of people to go into the gym. They, they go do Hugh Jackman's workout. And, you know, in a month, I don't look like Hugh Jackman. There, there's, there's, there's a reason. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's on steroids too. Don't give me that. <laughs> Everybody's on steroids. Pretty much. Thank you for listening to Both Sides of Fit. If you enjoy our content, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Play, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Both Sides of Fit or contact us with comments, feedback, or suggestions at bothsidesoffitpod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy.